Welcome to the first episode of Allie, Cat, and Steve. I'm Allie. I'm Cat, And we're joined here by Nacho the Husky. You can hear his little paws walking around. He's walking all over the place. And our intern Steve is out right now running errands. Right now we are drinking the Tolima Roast from our friends at Canyon Coffee, which has notes of chocolate, nougat, and stone fruit. It is delicious. Really good. And right now I'm drinking mine iced. Whoa. It's really good. Cool. What'd you put in it? Half and half and simple syrup because I like my coffee to be as sweet and fattening as possible. Do you always put that much sugar in there? Yeah. Wow. I know. I'm crazy. That's crazy. Try and get, like, jacked. Nice. Yeah. That's how you get jacked. It's a good jack for the day. <laughs> I used to put sugar in my coffee, but now I don't. Mm. Now I just do coffee and half and half. Really simple. Good job. I know. If I could dish the sugar, I would, but I've got my, my issues. Yikes, we all do. Yes, this is very <laughs> true. So, welcome to the inaugural episode of Allie, Cat, and Steve. You're, you're here. We're you're here. Allie. <laughs> I'm Cat. It's awesome. <laughs> so, let's dig into what the show's really about, which is Nacho's adorable little paws. Hi, Nacho. And his face. And his face. Yes. Uh, most importantly, his face. His face. Because everyone can see that on a podcast. Yep. Yeah. His tail. You don't even know the cuteness you're missing right now. <laughs> For the first episode, we wanted to just interview each other so that everybody listening had an idea of who we were and how we got our start in music and why we're even doing this podcast. Yay! Yay! What is the alley story? So both my parents are musicians, and I was kind of just forced into that. <laughs> Shout out to mom and dad. Yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then they sent me down the more traditional, like, classical jazz route. Somewhere along the line, I started playing in rock bands and had this weird dual life going on with, like, jazz school and then playing in punk bands at night and running off and doing God knows what. And eventually went to music school and decided I still liked music enough to want to do it for a living. That's impressive. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now I play for various people. And, and what do you play? I play the bass. I guess oh, that's, that's important so cool. information. Yeah, it's probably like the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I just play the bass. And but you don't just play the bass. I don't just play the bass and run around doing music things for everybody. And you're starting producing. Yeah. What brought you here? Um, well, I started music despite having no one in my family who did it. Whoa. So we're on, like, the opposite side. Yeah. My dad's lawyer. My mom uh, was a business professor while I was growing up. And my brother and my sister are both chefs. So how was that? Um, I just had it in me. Um, from a really young age. Not like a talent thing, but like yeah. the desire to do it yeah. without any prompting from anyone. Were they, I mean, obviously they, yeah, were, they were supportive. supportive. Did I they understand it? I think my parents really like the idea of it because they see me as some sort of like gypsy renegade with my wild <laughs> lifestyle, you know, like, mm-hmm. like everyone's having fun without them kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were always really supportive of it. Um, and I was just really sad. And needed the outlet. So, um, I started writing, 
And I started playing as a singer-songwriter around my hometown, which is super small, like, pool of talent. It's not, it's not like, um, you know, L.A. where everyone's a writer. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm Marin County, California. And then I went to music school where I met you. Yep. And I actually ended up getting freaked out and doing less music and getting really into slam poetry. Right. And took like a couple years off from pursuing my own music. Like I still took my studies and got good enough grades to stay in school, but I was very focused on poetry outside of it. Right. And was that, it just was too much for you? Yeah. I just, it freaked me out and I felt like I was like, lower talent level than the rest of my classmates which I'm sure is a really normal feeling right and then I didn't feel confident in my abilities and slam gave me a community yeah and I actually credit slam a lot for me staying in school and finishing my degree so it was really like just intimidation yeah I was intimidated I was freaked out I didn't feel like I was good enough so yeah classic classic Classic. so I went into poetry (laughs) instead and I made a ton of friends in poetry it was amazing and then I went back to music around the time where you and I met Right. Um, it was like the same time I was like, okay, I still want to do music. Right. Even though I'm like freaked out and like kind of don't like music right now. Like I still have that soul desire to do it. Yeah. So you've just been doing music since college. Yeah. I was in a punk band and we toured the country That's for fun. like five years. That's fun. And I slept on floors and in vans and ate a lot of gas station jerky <laughs> and played to like two people. For a very long time. <laughs> they were the same two people who came to every show. I don't know how they made it across the country like that. I was like, what are you doing in New Orleans? You live in Connecticut. They probably made more money than you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I just stopped doing that a year ago. Now you're just... And now I'm doing the uh, solo artist... Cat Hamilton show. The, it's the Cat Hamilton show... That's the sparkly awesome. outfits, the background dancers, <laughs> that like earpiece microphone. Yeah, the whole thing. The cabaret performance. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were doing the punk band thing, like how did you guys decide who you were working with? Like who was booking your tours? I was. You were? Yeah. Whoa. And then I eventually brought in outside help. How did you decide on who to use? Well, it was mostly out of desperation, which I would say <laughs> in hindsight don't don't book with people just because you're desperate. Right. Um, seems fairly standard advice, but <laughs> easier said than done. No, one of my best friends, he um, he really helped me. He joined the band, and he booked with me and took a load off me, which was really important. Yeah. Because, like, bands are a whole other world. Yes, bands are the worst. They're the worst. And Pro tip, don't join a band. Yeah, honestly, if, I could, if you can take anything <laughs> from this podcast, just don't ever join a band. <laughs> Like, I know it seems really great and everything, but we're not in the 70s anymore. We're in a band. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's no free cocaine at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> like, it just sucks. <laughs> but yeah, so it was really difficult because when you're booking for yourself, all you're concerned with is your availability, your right. needs, what you need out of a booking to know, in order to play. Right. If you're booking for a band and yourself's in it, it's that... Plus everyone else's version yeah. of that. Right, right. You know? And why did you guys decide to tour? Like, obviously, if you were playing to two people, you didn't have the fan base to do that. So what was the motivation? We subscribed to the ideology, which is a bit old school, and I actually don't think exists anymore. Yeah. That if you tour enough, that's how you build a fan base. Right. But I don't think that's a thing anymore. Right. I think that model has changed. Got it. 
Um, and certainly I think if you get on a big enough tour, like if you got on like tomorrow, if you got on a tour with yeah. Bruce Springsteen, then of course you'd build a fan base. Mm-hmm. But I think doing your own tour and all over the country, expecting that the audience will continue to grow. Right. It's actually not really like... doesn't work like that. It's not really the way. It's yeah. not the move. Um, but we had a big talk like a year and a half into the band of like what kind of band we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, we want to be a touring band, so why don't we just start doing that and build a fan base? Wow. And yeah, um, it was really cool sometimes, but... I would not recommend that approach. Right. So now that you're a solo artist and you're not in a band, like how are how are you thinking about that? Like, are you want to be a touring artist? Obviously. Yeah. But you're not out touring by yourself. No. Right. I mean, I would hate touring by myself because I'm my own worst enemy. Right. It's like I need somebody there. Yeah. Um, but I just think of it as like, it has to be worth it. I know we're not supposed to. Um, have like any sort of like uh ego around it and just put yourself out there and yeah. play as many shows as you can yeah but touring itself has to be worth it I guess what I'm asking is like you had the conversation as a band of like what kind of band you wanted to be like have you had the conversation with yourself of like mm-hmm. what kind of artist you want to be and like how are you going to get there and who you're going to work with yeah yeah I have um so I mean Part of the things I want to do with my artistry is just really build a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Like, put out great songs. Yeah. Uh, build my social media. Yeah. Build my YouTube presence. Yeah. Get that bigger. Get some good press spots. Right. And then redirect my my scheduling to a small tour with, like, more strategic show placement. Right. And playing with people in a way that's a little more, I guess, a, just, like, mindful yeah. of what I'm putting in. Right. So just being more careful and structured. And I miss touring, but it's not um, – towards the end it sucked so much that I don't really miss Yeah. It. Um, but, like, team-wise, that's part of it, is I'm really trying to build a strong team of people around me who I feel we get each other. Yeah. What is like? What does that mean to you? Like, what what kind of team? Um, I mean, people who really respect one another's work ethic and artistry mm-hmm. is really important. Like, I have a lot of respect for you. Aww. And like, I know that you and I are starting to collaborate together. Sure. And like, hoping that'll blossom into a team. Yeah. And then also, like, there are other people in my life, like my friend Will, who's in Boston. Yeah. Who's a really amazing collaborator. So it's like your music team. Yeah. But, like, what about, like, after the music? After the music. So, I worked with a publicist recently, and I still don't know how I feel about it. Um, not because she did anything wrong, but because right. I don't know how I feel about having a publicist. Yeah. Um, so, we'll see with that. Like, I'm going to keep putting myself out there for something like that. Yeah. And seeing, seeing how it actually benefits me, and if it really helps the music. Do you feel like there's just too much information? Yeah. Like, I feel like a publicist can't really succeed at their job anymore because there's just too much. Mm-hmm. I also, as someone who worked for a blog for a long time, so, like, see the other side of, like, blogs get so much, like, press requests yeah, from yeah, everywhere totally. that they tend to just favor the publicist they always work with. Yeah. So, like, if you wanted to be on, like, something really big. Like, yeah. If you wanted to be featured in Rolling Stone. Totally. 
like you're not just gonna get featured in Rolling Stone because you have a publicist. It right. has to be the publicist they, they work with. Right, exactly. And those people have comp- like extremely competitive slots reserved yeah. for mostly label bands. So. Yeah, the Rogers and Cowan of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a thing to think about is you're like, you get a publicist and you're like, oh my God, they're going to get me on Billboard. And then it's like, actually it has to be more. But some people really do get that. Like some, totally. some indie artists like hire, who cares, publicist. And, and they're in Huffington Post. Yeah. And, and I have like, a friend what? who's like that. Yeah. I have a friend. Yeah. It's like, how did that happen? And I asked him about it and he said it was just like. Luck of the draw. Luck of the draw. Right. Yeah. Packaging. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. But I think that that's the, you know, you're taking a chance with a pretty big expense. So, I don't know. Yeah. And then as far as other team stuff, I really just want to make sure I have the right support system. Because, like, you can always just say, okay, maybe this manager isn't the right thing for me. Right. And switch it up. Or maybe I won't have a manager. Yeah. But if you don't have the right support system of people encouraging you to keep going. Yeah. That's where it really makes yeah a dent. What about you? Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, just working on the astronaut stuff with Nico, mm-hmm. we've you know we've done two albums now, and worked with a variety of engineers, mixers, studios, session players, like people that are friends of ours, people that aren't friends of ours, and like in terms of music team, I think I've had the best results when. I didn't know somebody first because you come in with no expectations other than like you're just gonna get something done and that that's like a freshness and like an excitement that like when you know somebody is is really not there anymore at -hmm. the same time when you know somebody and you've worked with them forever or you love their style of playing or whatever like that's also really special but just being able to say, like, let's do this, and the person saying, okay, yeah, cool, with no, like, push and pull, it's been really nice. That um, level of detachment. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, yeah, being detached enough from it that they're not precious about it. Um, so, but I feel like with this most recent um, album, we we had the right team, and the music is, like, a result of that happening um and then for after the album I think that's where it really gets tricky because like since I do have a history of like working in music business I am very particular about how things get done and I don't want a manager or an agent if I know more than they do yeah like zero percent interested that's always the way. Yeah, and like even just like you know working with different companies or like to, like TuneCore for instance, right? I'm like I don't want this. This is a terrible deal. Mm-hmm. Why am I giving you fifteen <laughs> percent? Like for what? And that's like also bringing another person in, and that can be like navigating like a really difficult dyna- new dynamic. Anything like we hired a publicist once, and like same thing like. He, I'm sure he's great at what he did, but he sent out a bunch of uh, press releases to basically submit Hub blogs, and he sent us the report, and we're like, we could have done this for, you know, a dollar a submission. Why are we hiring you? But at the same time, then when somebody has, like, valuable relationships with, like, venues, like, booking shows, 
Like, like that's way better than cold calling. Yeah, and you always want somebody who's going to take your hand and introduce you to the person you want to know. Yeah. And I think a great publicist is someone who knows the person you want to know. Yeah. And will introduce you to them. For sure. Yeah, no, there's that. There's definitely that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of my team a little bit differently in terms of, instead of, like, the manager, the agent, Hmm. the day-to-day, the business manager, I'm trying to think of services as the new that. The new team. Yeah, so, like, we use STEM for our distribution, or we just tried it, um, the two newest singles, and previous to that we used DistroKid. Yeah. And we, you know, you can switch your distribution back and forth now. So we're trying out STEM. Um, we use another service called feature.fm that helps you with promo. Like, that's kind of the new publicist. We use SubmitHub the same way. <laughs> and, and instead of, like, that way you have some, like, fluidity too. You're True. not, like, stuck with this one person or feel particularly loyal. You can just trial and errors and see what works the best. Yeah. Definitely. Plus, like, you you usually don't have to invest nearly as much as you would be if you're paying somebody oh, up yeah. front. So yeah. you're like, it's less of a loss like, yeah. if it doesn't work out. Most of it is percentage-based. And yeah. then you just pray that you get a sync. And that's the other part of our team, is the companies that we have licensing deals with. Yeah. Which is crucial. That's And that's, like, something I have, like, no, I wish I had more understanding of. But because yeah. I've spent so long in punk... And there is no licensing. sync world. Yeah. There is no licensing. Yeah. It's all tours. And who got on what tour. Right. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like a new journey that I'm on to yeah. discover how sync and licensing works. Right. Right. Which is like an interesting time because that's all anybody wants anymore. So it's another very saturated market. So I feel like you're having to ask yourself like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, if I can't tour and I can't get sync, like... Should I die? Yeah. (laughs) How do I make money? (laughs) I don't don't know. Yeah. But it does, like, always blow my mind when I see artists I know, who I know are somewhere in my, um, like, success reach level. Yeah. Hiring managers, agents, publicists... Like, they have everything, and I'm like, whoa. I just add that up in my head, and I'm like, all right, 15% to them, 15% to them. Like, you're left with negative percent. And are you, like, paying them, like, a monthly fee? Because, like, that also happens. Yeah. Because people, you know. And, like, do you just have a lot of money, and that's why they're working with you? Or, like, is there merit involved? Yeah, I know. It's, you know. Because in that way, like, building a team is kind of either an asset or a cost. Yeah. Depending on how the team is. Yeah, I think when, by the time, you should know when you need a team. Like, if you think that your team is somehow going to elevate your brand or, like, elevate your music, then you don't need a team yet. Yeah. And I think the idea of team is also, like, um... I think we've been trained by an old model to think of a team as one thing when you were talking about how your team could be the online platforms you use. Yeah. Like, I would consider Spotify part of my team. Yeah, I would also consider Spotify part of my team. I need Spotify. I need it too. (laughs) 
when people crap on Spotify, I get a little pissed because I need it. Yeah, totally. So, Ableton like, and Pro Tools are also part of my team. Like, we yeah. need that. <laughs> and, like, that's the interesting thing, too, is, like, building a team is so much more than just the roles that people were talking about, you know, in the 90s. Like, right. Now we have so many different roles, and, like, the manager and the agent are a little bit not as relevant. They will be yeah. get to a level. Yeah, like, I certainly, like, want somebody to help me like guide the trajectory so I'm not just like wild west calling shots but <laughs> yeah <laughs> like because I Go feel like it <laughs> yeah wild, wild west. but yeah so when you have a team or when you're working with people how do you work with others oh uh, yeah well the nice thing about having your team be an Spotify. online Spotify <laughs> an online platform is that you can't get into a disagreement with them. And if you do, actually, okay, so um <laughs> we ran a Spotify ad. ad. Yeah. And we were kind of bummed out with the results because it didn't really do anything. It was like seventeen thousand impressions, which means that like somebody heard it for a second. But the way they had it set up, like, wasn't really, um, I can't think of the word. Like, people weren't going to click it. Yeah. Intentionally. And we wrote to them and we were like, hey, like, how can we make, how can we improve this for next time? Because we think it could be a really valuable tool, but it didn't do what you said it would do. And their response was kind of lame. It was like, oh, well, you know, um... The great thing about audio ads is that people hear them. Oh my god, kill me. <laughs> you know that people get premium for the specific reasons. Reason. So they don't have to do that. So they don't have to hear them, right? So it's like, uh, yeah, thank you. People can hear the ad, but why? Like, what would entice them to click it? Like, how can we make this better? They, they don't care. They just want to take your money. Which is also, like, you know, that's fine. Like, it's a beta program, but I was just shocked that they didn't have a better response. So next time, we're not going to use the Spotify ad service. We're going to use Feature uh, FM. Yeah, which was really awesome. You've got a great customer service team, and they respond to you, and it seems to work much better. So, like... Yeah, and luckily the investment... I mean, the cost was just not as high, so you could do that. Like, switch it up. Yeah, I mean, it's not cheap to, like, no. run ads and stuff, but it's nothing like hiring... A publicist or like you know getting a billboard on the 405 <laughs> I would really like it if Nico were on a billboard I would love it I would be psyched if we had a billboard on the 405. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so working with others is um it's complicated and you invite others into what you're doing totally yeah um definitely had disagreements with people I've worked with but usually I try to depersonalize it as much as possible you know, like, just remember, like, what everybody needs from the situation and find a common denominator and back off. Yeah. Because the second it gets personal, you lose. Yeah. Plus, I mean, sometimes people are just crazy, too. So. Yeah, sometimes people are crazy. Just, you know, don't work with those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your fair share of crazies. Um, I feel like you're, a, like, a crazy I, magnet. I am literally a conducting rod. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. And I am also a certain degree of crazy. Yes. But I feel like it's a very um, relatable 
personable kind of crazy. Like you're you're harmless. I'm harmless, and yeah. everyone knows that. Like they know that I maybe am like <laughs> a little unorthodox or something, but like I'm not like malicious or weird no. intent. No. Um. So I can relate on a level. I think that's why I'm such like a lightning rod for crazy people is because I myself am one. Yeah, you're totally just empathetic to their situation. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I've been crazy like many times, sure. And like, <laughs> <laughs> but then to a point, like, I also get taken advantage of a lot because I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. So how do you close that door? Oh, man, it's really hard. That's still the thing that I'm working on. Yeah. And after being in a band for so long, I'm, like, such an untreated codependent that now I'm, like, moving into a world of very hard lessons about my codependency, like, getting in the way of me growing. Yeah. Or, like, my music getting better. Right. Me getting more opportunities. Um, so I think I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that one. Yeah. But I do... I'm getting better at noticing people are crazy earlier. <laughs> And I feel like that's a good step. Yeah, that seems that seems healthy. Like not getting too invested into something with someone. Yeah, so when you're I'm trying seeing, to jump off the ship. Yeah. So lately, I've just been like, oh, like I get to see the craziness a little bit sooner, and then right. I can like distance that person away from me appropriately. Yeah. You know, but sometimes he's just like, I don't know. It's crazy. I also um, really like that I'm not in a band anymore because people's problems aren't my problems as much that's that's an interesting perspective yeah just like even scheduling stuff right like you don't have to you don't have to wait around on anything like if someone's crazy um or going through a thing I don't actually have to be present for that yeah I don't want to be totally but a band is a certain level of commitment right and you're kind of agreeing in this weird way that you're going to be present for all of their like diva meltdowns right so since you're just a one-woman team. Yes. Do you feel like if you did have a manager or somebody like that, that you would be more protected from those situations? Yes. I would love to have a manager. I just would... I would really need the manager to understand what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh-huh. And not try to, like, put me on a track that doesn't make sense for how I'm actually trying to articulate my art yeah and most people who offered to manage me in the past were people who I felt like like you were saying with a publicist that I could do that job yeah so why would I pay you to do it yeah you know sorry um like I managed my own band for five years yeah and it wasn't like I didn't wasn't perfect for sure far from it yeah but But I managed four people yeah it's like schedules it's do crazy. Why, why do we play this show versus this show? I was fielding yeah. press requests back and forth totally. and different things. So I um I'd I'd have to think the manager could do something I couldn't. Yeah. My version of manager, I think, that I really like in terms of like a program or a app is yeah. Slack. Which cool. is kinda what I told you yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, we have the Slack set up. Oh, uh, we have the Slack set up where you can organize different categories within a communication app right with hashtags like hashtag tour hashtag record hashtag right um local show or whatever and then you can add people to different slacks based on what you know if they're in it or not right and you can talk in one and then when you need to go back like because i'll i'll forget stuff for sure how do you even okay so with that in mind like 
another thing Nico and I have talked about. We had a call a couple weeks ago um, with a publishing advent company called Song Trust. Yeah. It's going to be featured later in this podcast. And we were like, we hung up the phone with him and we were like, okay, cool. So I think that's like, that's everything. Like we've got publishing admin, we've got representation. We like, yeah, we've got the whole thing. And then we tried to think about all the services we use and we like genuinely could not remember because there are so many. How do you keep it organized? How do you keep it organized? Yeah. I've started like stopping certain services that I don't think serve me. Because I started finding out the unfortunate truth was all of them, they all cost a little membership fee. They do. And you look at your like bank statements on your phone. Yeah. And you realize that like, it's like $10 from this, $10 from that. I'm like, why do I use both Drive and Dropbox all the time? Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like certain things I was like, I have duplicates, I have things that serve the yeah. same purpose. Like trying to streamline it. Yeah, I mean, so like we just organize like tabs, right? And we're like, okay, we've got streaming promo, distribution, analytic yep. reports, like shout out to chart metrics. Thanks, thanks, boo. Um, and then all these like sync companies and blog submissions. It's like this is a full-time job alone. I know, and I have the same tab. <laughs> yeah, like, I have to check every single one of these. All the time. Every day. And then when you want to do a release, you have to update all of them. Yeah. And it's do just you, so do frustrating. Do you use chart metrics? I don't use chart metrics. Oh. I think that would drive me crazy to know. Yeah, I have, like, my, some of my friends' um, reports in there, too, so I can see how well I'm doing compared to them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's so That's depressing. Sick. <laughs> No, they're still killing me. They're still killing me. (laughs) See, like, lately I've been like, should I delete my SoundCloud? Is like my SoundCloud is the worst interface ever. It's so bad. Sucks. But it only serves one purpose that I really like, which is that you make a private private play yeah private playlist and you share it with people you want to post your music when it's out. Yes, that yes. That's the only tool on SoundCloud that's good. You can just do that on your website. You can do yeah, a you private can, like, link. Create a private link. Yeah. I thought I'd start doing that. Like the one I showed you earlier. It's so much better. I find SoundCloud depressing and stressful. Yeah, it is. Like, no one listens to your stuff on SoundCloud anyways. No. And it'll give you, like, a heart attack to look at the actual numbers on it. And then, like, it's not really <laughs> a tool, like, a tool that does anything for you. And the only thing it does do is, one, let you have, like, a higher quality, with like, file for yeah. your music hosting. Sure. And that you can share private playlists with press. Okay, there's that. But it also, it helps you with your Submit Hub blogs because That's true. they repost your songs and write awesome comments. It's true. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so something we've been talking about doing on the show, are we ready to move there? Yeah, I think we can do that. I think we can do that. Yeah, I think we can do I that. I think we've had a nice, long yeah. chat about us. Totally. And I certainly couldn't hear about me for as long as these people have been listening (laughs) to things about me. So one of my favorite things in life is declined blog reviews and the comments with them. Good. Because most of these bloggers have no idea what they're talking about, just in general, probably in life. Yeah. And have the best things to say. So we came up with a rating system 
a one is no effort, not mean at all, just like a lame. Yeah, you comment. did not try to cast shade. You yeah. did not come up with a witty zinger. Yeah, just middle of the road, like sorry, not for me. To rock. Period. To rock <laughs> with a two instead yeah. of T O O. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, no. But you're not going to hear any ones or twos or no, threes. No, not right now. Probably ever on this podcast. You are probably just going to hear about five. Four, four and five. Four and fives, yeah. I'm just so, like pulling up. We're going to read one each um, from Hooray. our favorite our favorite declines. And then we're hoping that you'll actually DM us on our Instagram with a screenshot of your favorite decline from Submit Hub. Yeah, and the best ones, maybe we'll feature them on the podcast. Yeah. I'm, and rate them. Yes. And then also, we'll play your song. Yes. That's what we were talking about we wanted to do is um, play the song that the review goes with. Goes with. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. My computer beeped. We want to hear if we agree with that terrible review. Yeah. <sighs> oh, man. Okay. Where is this one? Oh, yeah, this one's really good. Let's hear it. Who's it from? Chill Filter. And it's spelled... It's all uppercase. Like, caps lock. Okay. C-H-I-L-L-F-I-L-T-R. Cool. So, no E between the T. Sure. E-R. Because that's what's cool. But what'd they say? Okay, Chill Filter said this. You ready? Yep. I love this kind of groove. It leaves it open. It allows the little things of the song to get in the way. I really enjoy that attitude, that confidence in a simple beat, but the melody here feels scientific. I don't know how else to say it, and I certainly don't want to sound overly prescriptive, but my heart tells me that you need to decide how you want to sing, not how you think other people think you should sing, and then you should shoot for three minutes. Smiley face emoji. I'm gonna give that a five. I'm gonna give it a. F- it's nice and passive aggressive. Yeah, like I feel like my stepmom might have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know what it means. It's uh, really like, good. Like that you love this kind of groove because it allows the little things to get in the way. Like I, I don't I'm know. not really sure what you mean. Like, do you, what does that even mean? Like I think it's an insult. Is it? I think so. Is it a backhanded compliment? Like when somebody's like, There's oh, a lot of like, space. It has perfectly just the right amount of space in the song to let everything get in the way. I think that's what it's saying, yeah. Oh man, it's like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's. I think it's saying that all the little stuff is distracting. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, your dress is so cute, it totally hides your man's shoulders. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you, Thank you, Chill Filter. And that's for bees. That was for letting go. Oh, letting go. With the bass. Oh, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a five because I want to credit this reviewer with their ability to deliver in a very passive-aggressive, non-threatening way some really killer insults. I feel like they probably have a lot of success in their interpersonal relationships. I feel like their romantic partnership must be very strong. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Zing. Uh, zing. <laughs> All right. Okay, so my favorite review ever is from my favorite blog, MP3 Hugger. Oh, yes, our best friend. Love him. He Shout out. If you haven't submitted a song to MP3 you Hugger. You need to. It's worth every stop dollar. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> His reviews are amazing. Uh, <laughs> this review was for Astronaut's song called Are We Living? 
and it goes so redolent of an edge from U2 riff and that I must say sustained me during this song the vocals you see almost blew my speaker and by extension the valves in my heart so punchy and lively it is a young person's song for those who like to skateboard jump from buildings and generally choose the path of most resistance and this is the track for them not for me in my slippers and comfy pantaloons oh it's just so good <laughs> Are you sure you don't want to make that like the single artwork or something? Honestly, we've been using that quote on our website. I saw it on your because um... it's amazing. <laughs> I just, I think it's a strong five because, yeah, he definitely earned his dollar. He absolutely did. Yeah. And oh man, the I pantaloons. Would've, I would have given him like five dollars for that review. Honestly. I mean, I want to frame it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I would send him a thank you card for that decline. Honestly, you should. Yeah, I think I should. Like, <laughs> thank you for declining my song. You. Enjoy your pantaloons. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for this artistic piece of gold. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I can't tell. Like, I love the activities he associates with your music. It's exactly what, it's the perfect imagery that we wanted for the song. Yeah. He got it. He, he we, nailed it, which tells me that I nailed it. You did. If I gave him that visual. And yet he still didn't want to use it. And I don't care. <laughs> I think that's the funniest thing with the reviews is if I were if I were reviewing something and I didn't want to use it, I probably wouldn't take the time no. to be as um, creative no with way. my feedback. I would just be like, thanks for submitting, but it's not for me. XO. But like, this is like a whole nother level, you know? Yeah. No, he just goes above and beyond. Like, Chillfilter gave you career advice. Like, you need to decide how you want to sing. She should teach a class at Berkeley. Not how you think other people <laughs> want to sing. Oh, man. It's like a two-hour class on Mondays when you come in and it's just like, you need to decide how you want to sing. Honestly. Not how like, other people want you to sing. And then she just walks out and yeah. then everyone stays there for like two hours in silence. Not too far off. Really not. Not not too far off. <laughs> not to blow up the spot, but I did have a Berkeley professor who spent the entire class every Monday talking yeah. about his accolades. So much so, it was an arranging class. We didn't learn arranging, and we all had to put together a group, like, study hall before the final in order to learn from the textbook because he hadn't taught us anything. Wow. That sounds about right. Every Monday... And blah, blah, boo, boo. Oh, man. Loo, boo, loo, loo, loo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes, poor guy. Good. Great. Poor guy. Poor man. Well, cool. If you have any awesome Submit Hub declines, send them over with yeah. the song. D uh, yeah, DM us. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. I'm Kat. I'm Allie. This is Allie, Cat, and Steve. Steve. <laughs> Nacho's here too, but he's feeling antisocial. No, Nacho.